everybody, Andrew here. And Phil here as well. And before we kick off today's episode of This Is Getting Graphic, we're really excited to feature a really, really funny podcast that is perfect for anybody who genuinely hates censorship. It is a podcast called Band Camp. And it's hosted by the hilarious duo of Jennifer and Dan. And we had a chance recently to speak with Dan, and he's a really great guy. Very funny, very genuine. Uh, awesome, awesome friend of the show now. So the concept of Band Camp is that it's a comedy podcast where they read banned books and try to figure out why they were banned in the first place. This season, they're actually reading through Mark Twain's classic, The Adventures of Huckleberry Finn, and they are going one chapter at a time out loud. We've listened to a couple of their stuff up to this point. Guys, they are hilarious. They're Dan's commentary as Jen reads through genuinely had me cracking up. I know, it was very good. So, if you think banning books will lead to a not-so-great future, then Banned Camp is the podcast for you. Whether you're like Jen and curious to read the book for the first time, or like Dan and a little too lazy to read it yourself, you'll love Banned Camp. Hey, I relate to Dan even more now. (laughs) (laughs) So, look for Banned Camp, that's banned with two N's, on your favorite podcast player, and subscribe today. Let's all get banned together. And without further ado, let's get into TIG! Welcome, one and all, to a brand new episode of This Is Getting Graphic. I'm one of your hosts, Santa Claus. (laughs) And I'm your other host, Phil. Uh... Hello, sir. Hello, Phil. How are you? Were you a good boy this year? I mean, I feel like you'd be a better judge of that than me. Um, Oh, I've seen the things you get up to in your private time, Phil. (laughs) I know you've been a naughty boy. This is for the Junji Ito episode, isn't it? (laughs) Oh, not at all. Not at all. There's no revenge to be thought of here in the slightest. Anyway, the reason why I am here is because around the Christmas season, I bring comics to good little boys and girls, specifically good Christmas comics. And this is certainly one of them today. <laughs> uh, hey, uh, I'm really excited to see what you brought to the table, Santa, but quick question, where's Andrew? He's usually the one that I meet here for this. <laughs> He's Fine, he's shitting himself right now. He had some uh, bad shrimp. <laughs> I was, I was gonna say, I knew that eggnog was out of date. Oh, <laughs> yes, he's usually so fastidious about expiration dates, but for some reason this time he just decided to risk it like an utter bitch. <laughs> okay. Okay, if you're going to call yourself an utter bitch in Santa's voice, I'm not going to be able to hold it together through the rest of this bit. (laughs) (laughs) Like an utter bitch is my new favorite quote from this show. (laughs) Well, thank you. I'm glad that you appreciated the bit here. (laughs) I do, and you fit the moniker very nicely. You wear a red jacket, you have a beard, and you punish naughty people. (laughs) I do, I do indeed. 
But in this case, like I said, uh, Santa was correct in saying that this is actually a good Christmas comic that I have brought to the table today. And Yay! it's one that I think you will definitely enjoy a great deal. Because I have to tell you that it's been a minute since we talked about Batman, hasn't it? Oh my god! Are... <laughs> we got a Batman Halloween and now we're doing a Batman Christmas? It is time for a Batman Christmas comic. And uh, this one is actually also somewhat inspired by A Christmas Carol. Uh, it's not directly like... It, it's not Batman's Halloween Carol or anything like that. I was going to say, during the Halloween story of Batman, we've got a Christmas carol, but spooky. Now I'm guessing this time we get Batman being chased by a jolly serial killer. (laughs) No, this one just has some uh, various thematic beats in the story that are similar to... uh... To A Christmas Carol, actually. This comic is entitled Batman Noel. Oh, I love it already. Am I going to be sad? Is this going to be Bruce alone at Christmas because he has no parents? No, it's not that. (laughs) I don't see how it could not be that. That's kind of Bruce's whole shtick. No, it, it is not that, uh, but you'll find out what exactly uh, what exactly it is. So, Batman Noel is a standalone graphic novel, uh, actually. It's about, you know, a 90-page graphic novel. There are some features at the Damn. end of it and everything. Uh, but it was done uh, by Lee Bermejo, who is uh, an artist for DC primarily. Um, That's most, a name we have not heard before. He's most famous for uh, his work with uh, writer Brian Azzarello. In, uh, including the uh, graphic novel called Joker, uh, which is... Ooh. Uh, I don't like it that much, but that's mostly Brian Azzarello's writing more than anything else, so... I was gonna say, I'm a little scared that he worked on Joker and we're about to cover a Batman comic. <laughs> no, but uh, Lieber may How is, does uh, Joker ruin Christmas? Lieber Mayho's style is is very interesting. He He tends to go for more of a realistic style uh for for uh for comics which is very interesting when you consider a superhero universe so yeah um, they're not usually incredibly realistic some of them can be but usually not batman mm -hmm. yeah well i would say that bermejo's style really kind of fits pretty well for the story that's being told here and you'll see what i mean when we hop into it there's not really too much preamble for this considering this is a standalone graphic novel Set yeah. in, in the and Batman we've talked mythos. about Batman a ton. Oh yeah, set in the Batman mythos with regards to uh, to Christmas. So um, Bermejo b- both uh, writes and um, illustrates this one. So uh, he's pretty much the uh, the guy for this one. All right, Mister Bermejo, let's see what you've got. All right, let's. Uh, without further ado, we'll just hop right into Batman Noel, shall we? Let's do it. All right, so you should be seeing the cover here momentarily. So here we are. That's the cover. Oh, it's more evocative than I thought it was going to be. Oh, yeah? (laughs) I expected more color, which I don't know why I expected that, because it's Batman. It appears to be Batman in a lot of, like, blacks, whites, and grays, but he appears to be in a cemetery, I'm guessing? That's what it appears, Um, yeah. Looking towards the reader while a bunch of stone angels and it looks like a mausoleum in the background. There's a spooky tree with no leaves on it in the background. It's very like 
kind of gothic Christmas, if anything. Little does Bruce know he's about to be uh, attacked by this weeping angel right behind him. <laughs> Don't blink! <laughs> I've seen David Tennant! <laughs> but so, yeah, um, it is uh, it is a very evocative cover, and Bruce is, uh, Batman rather, is like raising his fists um, toward the audience, just like, I hate Christmas. <laughs> if only there was something I could do about it, and it's him stealing all the gifts from Gotham and driving it up to Mount Crumpet on the Batmobile. How the Batman stole Christmas. <laughs> They'll play with their hoo-honkers and, r- and ring their gardingers. I'm just picturing, like, the Batmobile, but being pulled by Alfred in antlers. <laughs> if I can't find a reindeer, I'll enslave one instead. Master Bruce, this is the third most embarrassing thing I've ever done for you. <laughs> Put your back into it, Rudolph! <laughs> You're a mean one. Master Wayne. Is he carrying something, like, on his back? What's, like, right behind him? I believe that's his cape, uh, like, doing a flowy thing behind him. Okay, I, I was wondering if he had, like, a sack on his back or something. I was like, is Batman delivering presents? Oh, no, no, no. This is not, um, <laughs> this is definitely not a Superman's Christmas adventure, but featuring Batman. Ah, be good or I'll fucking destroy you. Frankly, that's what happened in Superman's Christmas Adventure as well, if we recall correctly. Actually, you're not wrong. (laughs) He did drop a man down a chimney. Yep, yep, he did do that. But so, yeah, um, it's, uh, it's pretty evocative for, you know, the opening of a Christmas comic. But, uh, yeah. It really is. I mean, it is Batman, so I should expect the gothic style and the shadow work, but still, Christmas. Absolutely, and you can see what I mean about Liebermejo's more realistic style here. Yeah, it's almost like a photograph, weirdly enough. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Like, it's, it's very well done. So, without further ado, what say we hop into the story itself? Please, let's. I want to see how we get here. All right, so here we go. Um, so we start oh, with some... Oh, I uh, love the style already. So we start with some shots of the rooftops of Gotham City, and a narrator uh, begins the story with... Okay, you want me to tell you a story? Uh, ch- sure, but you can put a little more oomph into it, buddy. I gotta be honest. I'm not so good at it. My dad, boy, could he spin a yarn... He could suck you right in from the beginning like any good storyteller and keep you stuck to your seat, hook, line, and sinker. Yep, Dad was probably better at telling stories than anything else. Just ask my mom. Who is this? I mean, I'm assuming we're going to find out, but... You are going to find out. See, you do voices based on who's talking, and I'm sitting here thinking, what voice does he do for this character? Well, you'll see. Like, what character voice is this? You'll see. Uh, The narrator will uh, will be revealed in due time here. Anyway, he Oh my he can... god, the art style is so pretty. Oh yeah, it really is. Like these establishing shots of Gotham City are are very nice. Absolutely. Now I'm starting to get into the Christmas feel. There you go. So the narrator continues, "This story, it's a doozy. I remember dad told it to me one Christmas. He was pretty sauced and at first I thought he was making it up as he went along, but in the end it all made sense." Let me tell you, some weird stuff happens in this story. You may find some of it hard to swallow. He kept talking about how a man dressed as a giant bat kicked his nose in. <laughs> I thought he was just plastered. First thing, though, you gotta tell me something. Because for this story to make sense, for it to mean anything, you have to believe in something. 
something very important. Justice! <laughs> no, it's, uh, you have to believe people can change. Oh, I'm already feeling the feels. Yeah, so We're this... gonna get some feels. So at this point, in the midst of the establishing shots here, Batman leaps down onto the rooftop with a whomp sound effect. And There um, it is. Yeah, and he begins running across this rooftop. And we can see that the bat signal is uh, is lit up in the uh, in the sky over Gotham as he uh, jumps off of this rooftop. And the narrator continues over this. And I'm talking change in a positive way. Change for the better. I'm talking Not about like the what you use at a payphone or a laundromat or anything <laughs> like that. I'm talking about the idea that a person can take years of programming and habit and turn them on their ass. That when the deck is stacked against him... He can get the stones to overcome. This is the story about how I became a liberal. <laughs> so, um, it continues, um, where we see a man walking through the streets of Gotham City. It's a uh, red-haired man with kind of a big-looking nose. And, um, he's, uh, he's walking through the streets with a bag at his side. And, uh, the narrator chimes in with, Some people want to change. Desperately. But the deck is stacked too high against him. Take Bob, for example. If he could, old Bob here would change almost everything about his life. This Bob, he's a stand-up kind of fella. Trouble is, he's been down on his luck since, like, forever. And he has a family to take care of. A sick little boy. His job? Well, let's just say it ain't exactly the stuff of dreams. I I want to be concerned about Bob, but I am more concerned about the newspaper floating by with the headline, The Joker Escapes. I'm glad you pointed that out, because I was about to, so... I was gonna say, that feels like foreshadowing. Yeah, just, just a bit, but also, uh, Bob appears a bit nervous. Like, he walks by somebody and gives him, like, a... He's sweating, and he gives him, like, this weird glance as he goes by, so... Of course um... he's nervous! The Joker escaped! Mm-mm. <laughs> I'd be nervous, too! So, we follow Bob uh, as he walks into uh, into an alleyway, and on the rooftop above, there is a crunch sound effect, as it appears Batman appear is following this man for some reason. Did you just jaywalk back there? Puts him in traction. <laughs> so, um, the narrator continues, and his boss, don't even get me started on that guy, the definition of cutthroat. A cruel abomination of a man who only cared about money and nothing else. People would whisper his name, almost afraid to say it out loud. Wait a minute. Wait a minute, Bob? Bob? And his boss is a fuckhead who only cares about money? So the narrator continues, What the hell did he call himself? It's on the tip of my tongue. And so, uh, Bob is, uh, making his way over to a, uh, abandoned, uh, toy store called the, uh, the Jack in the Box. And we see that he has a oh, note. Oh, no. We see that he has a note which reads, If you're going to work for me, don't get caught clowning around. Take this bag, blah 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 Jack in the Box, blah 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 Go home with a smile. Andrew. Yes? Are we about to have a run-in with Ebenezer Joker? <laughs> You'll see here. So, Is this where we're fucking going? So, um, the narrator continues here as as Bob is uh, is in the midst of his dead drop. 
Anyway, Bob was desperate. The medical bills were stacking up, and with the economy in the toilet, getting work someplace else wasn't exactly an option. Even if it meant doing a job he didn't really like for a guy he liked even less. And Bob walks up, and he knocks on the door and places the black bag down next to the boarded-up doorway and stands aside from it. And above him, we see Batman leaping from rooftop to rooftop. And, um... (laughs) Your Christmas gift is pain! And the narrator continues, Oh yeah, that's right. Guy's name was Scrooge. What a name, huh? Anyway, like I said, this Scrooge guy didn't care care about anyone. He didn't even want to give Bob Christmas off to spend with his kid. And at that point, uh, our guy Bob is looking down into this uh, closed-off doorway, and out of it comes a wrapped box, and he picks it up. Hey, no, don't open that. Don't open it. He picks it up, and he starts walking away with it. But as he does so, Batman leaps down next to him, and um, the narrator... And he shrieks in terror. Yeah, exactly. So, um, Bob does, does start running away, uh, in terror, and Batman, uh, throws a batarang with a rope attached to it and, uh, knocks him down, and, uh, the narrator, uh, goes, Bob didn't want to argue with the guy, but he made a promise to his son they'd spend Christmas Day together. Scrooge, however, wouldn't budge about the time off. He had other plans. Christmas was just another day. Guys, Batman is probably trying to save him. I bet there's a bomb in that box. So, in fact, the box rips open, and it's full of money. So, um, yeah. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. So, Uh-oh. So, as the dollar bills are, like, flying away, Bob realizes what it was he was carrying, and Batman leaps down upon him, and Bob looks up at him and goes, Please, don't! I, I got, I got a k- kid! Don't hurt me! And Batman goes, You have one chance. You're oh, going to fuck, tell me dude. where he is. You won't lie if you want to walk out of here. Jesus Christ, Batman! Uh, you know, the Joker's out of prison again. Batman doesn't mess around with that. I get it, but... Dude! <laughs> Does this really look like the guy? <laughs> like, is he the guy to to talk this way to? You don't you don't think that this poor, sad, red-haired man, who definitely looks like the most down on his luck person, you really don't think that he's gonna be the crucial caveat that leads to the Joker? No, I don't think this is the guy you want to leap down on a rooftop, t- uh, leap down from a rooftop on and yell, "Tell me where he is, or I feed you your own scapula." <laughs> so, um, Bob is, you know, kind of stuttering and, uh, you know, uh, through this whole thing. But Batman yells out, TELL ME! And, Jesus! Um, and Bob continues, I just, I just got a note. I never, I, I mean, I, I never even met with him, I swear. Oh, Christ, I swear to God, all I was supposed to do was drop off the bag and pick up the money. Happy holidays. May the calendar <laughs> keep ringing. So Batman is, like, shoving his face into the ground and going, How is he going to contact you to pick up the money? And Bob goes, He was going to send me another note with instructions. Look, please, don't! And Batman goes, You won't be getting another note. He'll find out that you don't have his money and come to collect. In spades. Why is Batman being so mean? (laughs) Like, I get it. The Joker's out, but 
fucking calm down, dude. Why are you being Ben Affleck, Batman? Because Batman just found a lump of coal in his stocking. I mean, if you're gonna act like this, it's deserved. Now who's Santa calling a bitch? <laughs> so, um, he leans in closer to Bob here and goes, Scum, you never cease to amaze me. Do you have any idea what was in that bag you delivered? You should be going to jail tonight. And Andrew, he... you said I'd have a good time with this comic. Right now, I'm just pissed off at Batman. <laughs> so at this point, he lets Bob go and uh, comes, rises back up to his full height and goes, Consider yourself lucky that you make a better piece of live bait than jail bait. I... This is... This is... This is bad. <laughs> like... I, I do not like when Batman talks this way. This hashtag not my Batman. Also, um, Batman, you do know that that's not what jailbait means, right? <laughs> he walks around the corner just, fucking goddammit, I screwed up the line again. <laughs> it, it's not like I rehearse this in the mirror over and over. Why do I choke when I'm in front of people? Why did I say that? He's not a 17-year-old girl. This is... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> this is why the scum doesn't respect you. <laughs> so, um, the narrator chimes in after that with Bob being the good guy that he was, considered himself lucky for a guy down on his luck. Long story short, he managed to convince Scrooge to give him the time off. Insurance issues or something. There was one condition. He'd have to come to work at the crack of dawn the day after Christmas and be ready to work his ass off. Now, Bob may have had a bit of dumb luck from time to time, but stupid he was not. He knew that the miserable old Scrooge would make him pay for letting him get away with taking a holiday. See, old Scroogey was vindictive like that. No good deed goes unpunished and all that jazz. So, is the Joker Scrooge, or is it implied that Batman is Scrooge? I believe the implication here is that Batman is meant to be Scrooge, just based on I the fucking believe the it. rest of the story. So I fucking believe it after that interaction. Absolutely. So, Bob essentially uh, runs away from this encounter, uh, basically thanking his lucky stars that Batman let him get off. And as he is running, it is revealed that Batman has planted a tracer on his scarf. So, Oh, great. So he can beat him up in front of his son later. Oh, boy. So, uh, the narrator continues as Bob is running. Bob was afraid of him, no doubt about that. It was a time he would have just quit. That was before the kid, though. He had responsibilities now, stuff you can't just run away from. Seemed like everyone and everything constantly reminded Bob of how limited his options were. The thought followed him like a dog tracking his scent. And the dog was big and scary. And a bat! <laughs> so, at this point, Batman, uh, remaining in the alley where he started chasing Bob off, uh, kicks through the door uh, into, the, uh, into the abandoned toy shop. And he pulls out a flashlight, and he starts, uh, he starts looking around a bit. Joker, I know you're in here. This is very on-brand for you. So as he's looking around through all, like, the clown toys and all this shit, he finds a jack-in-the-box that has a note attached to it, which reads, And the joke goes right over your head. <sighs> Too slow, old man. Ouch outfoxed by the clown. And Batman crumples up the note in anger, gritting his teeth, having missed the Joker again. So... I knew I should have paralyzed Bob. <laughs> 
So, at this point, uh, we cut to, um, a very small, kind of dingy-looking apartment somewhere in Gotham. And the narrator chimes in here with, Now our body, our buddy Bob was the master of want. He would have given almost anything to be the fearless type. He wished he could be a tough guy, someone who took the bull by the horns and all that brass. The kind of man who makes things happen instead of waiting for him to fall in his lap. Big house, fancy car, you know what I'm talking about. But if he tried to fight anybody, Batman would pack him into that air conditioning unit in his window. <laughs> Truth be told, Bob was never much of a winner. He lived in a crappy little ramshackle apartment in a crappier neighborhood. This one-bedroom shoebox had a broken toilet and bad heating, but it was a warm place. That was probably because of little Timmy. And we do, in fact, see... Little Timmy? Little Timmy. <laughs> I'm sorry, that's a cliche name in and of itself, but in the context of this story, that's pretty on the nose. So we do see a, a small boy dressed in a, uh, a red hoodie who's, like, decorating a very small plant in a tin can like a, like a tiny little Christmas tree. And oh my god, it's so, like, it's so pathetic in the sweetest way. It is. So the narrator continues at this point, Tim had a bum leg. I'm not quite sure exactly what was wrong with him, but his health wasn't all that great. It was a big ray of sunshine, <laughs> Just... though. A real good Just kid. like everybody else that read A Christmas Carol. Like, what the fuck is wrong with Tiny Tim? Why is he dying? We may never know. <laughs> He's limping and also dying. He was a big ray of sunshine, though. A real good kid. The kind of kid that made you... Well, let's just say it sucks he was so bad off. The Cratchit family, see, weren't the type to complain about their position in life. They didn't have much, but what they did have was appreciated. I'm just realizing now that two of the three ornaments are a ripped-up Miller Lite can and a broken beer bottle. This is so sad. You take what you can get, you know? I guess so, but he looks like he really likes it. I know, I mean, it's it's very sweet, it really is. And at that point, uh, Bob runs through the door and Timmy yells out, Dad! Son, we gotta pack up and move right now. The bat's gonna kill me. So basically, um, he's holding the door shut and he's like, Oh jeez, oh god. Oh Jesus. And Tim walks up to him with the tree and goes, Check it out! I made it myself! I had to take the plant from Mrs. Catrocky's porch, but it was dying anyway and she said I could have it. And besides, it looks cool like this, huh? Don't you think? See, I made the ornaments out of an old soup can and some pieces of beer bottles. Plus I had that old army man and I just stuck some string through his head so he could... And at that point, Bob, as he's looking out his peephole, yells out, Tim, damn it, not right now, okay? And at that point, Batman bursts through the door and goes, I was waiting for you to say something mean to the kid. Now he will watch you die. <laughs> well, Tim definitely does turn his face down in disappointment. And Bob, at this point, realizing what he's just done, goes, Ah, oh, jeez. Oh, buddy. Well, can you blame him? He's afraid he's about to get murdered. Oh, yeah, And totally. Batman knows where he lives now. So he turns towards Tim and he goes, Hey, uh, sorry, buddy. I'm, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to snap at you like that. Just a hell of a day, that's all. Come on over and show me the thing you got there. And Timmy responds, It's not a thing. It's our Christmas tree, Dad. Oh, no! <laughs> and Bob My goes, heart is a-swelling. Then Bob goes, yeah, sure, I, I knew that. That's what I meant. <laughs> and Timmy continues, See, I found all this stuff out by the dumpster. I was trying to make it look like those ornaments you see in the stores on 5th. 
I thought it'd be cool to draw the Superman emblem on the army man because he just didn't seem very Christmassy and Superman's more like Santa. You know, with the red colors and all? And dropping people down chimneys and threatening their lives. That was pretty fucked up. How come he did that last Christmas? (laughs) Dad, why do we live here? I don't know, son. (laughs) I question that every single day. Is that a tracking device in my scarf? So, Timmy continues... I also thought it'd be cool to have a Batman thingy on there, too, because Bobby Mills has a Batman no! decoration on his tree, and, and, and Bob immediately goes, now why the hell would you want Batman on a Christmas tree? I mean, Batman isn't exactly Christmassy either. You know, I mean, he can be scary, dressed all in black. And Timmy goes, but I thought Batman was one of the good guys. Bobby Mills says he only hurts people that done something bad. And Bob goes, I mean, I guess... Maybe things ain't always that black and white. Sometimes even good people do bad things. Yeah, kid, he only hurts people that do bad. He just makes them wish they were dead. <laughs> I'm gonna make Jesus. you- I'm gonna beat you within an inch of your life, but I'll leave you alive! <laughs> you're gonna know what your teeth taste like! <laughs> Damn, I should have been better with my dental care. that's what you did wrong (laughs) so um at this point um we uh we cut to uh to wayne manor and um the narrator chimes in with this scrooge guy on the other hand he had everything big house Uh, fancy cars power the guy had more money than he knew what to do with he's missing something very important for christmas though (laughs) So, um, we, we cut down to the Batcave, where, uh, Bruce is, uh, looking over the Joker, and Bob, and for some reason, Timmy, and, um... Oh, God! Oh, no! And Alfred... Uh, He won't look so happy after I kill his dad. And Alfred comes in going, Eggnog, sir. And at this point, uh, Batman goes into a hacking cough at the, uh, at the computer here, and, um... Alfred says, May I hazard a guess and say you've caught something of a cold running around outside in the freezing night? Or would this be just too absurd an assumption? No, this is just how I react after I after I mingle with the peasants. <laughs> so he replies, I'm not sick, Alfred. It's just the change in temperature and the humidity of the cave. Ah, yes, most certainly it is. After all, it is impossible for the dark night to get the sniffles. Did you even wear your mask, Master Bruce? Of course I did, you son of... Oh. <laughs> did you get the Moderna booster? I've been a little busy, Alfred. <sighs> this is why we don't have herd immunity, Master Bruce. <laughs> so, um, at this point, uh, Alfred looks at what he's looking at on the back computer and he goes... Master Wayne, your disregard for the privacy of others aside, may I ask what... This one's going to lead me to the Joker. Small fish, but sometimes it's all you need to catch a bigger one. All right, Master Bruce, I'm just saying that's a boy and that can get you on a list. (laughs) Small fish, indeed. This one has a child. Do you honestly intend to put at risk a... They all have children, Alfred. The father's just another criminal degenerate. Bagman for the Joker. And not a very good one at that. Just left the money behind and ran. Cowardly, the lot of them. (coughs) Good lord, he really is like the Scrooge of Justice. Exactly, yes. 
The clown isn't the type to let money go without coming back to settle his debts. And just what do you intend to do? Wait for the madman to make a house call? No, I will kill him merci mercifully first. <laughs> Before the Joker can torture him. I gotta make sure that I get to him first. That son of a bitch. Merry Christmas, neck snap sound effect. <laughs> it's the most promising lead I've got. In this war, Alfred, there are risks you must be willing to take. <laughs> I take the same risk every time I let someone like this go. They will spread COVID to the masses, too. <laughs> I take that risk that he will raise his child to be exactly like him. I take the risk that in ten years, his boy will be walking the streets with colors and a gun in his belt. I risk the future, while they risk only the present. <laughs> Damn, he really is disaffected right now. He really is. And at this point, Alfred picks up Batman's discarded cowl off the ground, puts it back on the costume, and says, I know only too well, Master Bruce. Lest you forget, there was another boy whose future was risked on my watch. Oh, are we going to talk about what I think we're going to talk about? Uh, you know, if you notice, there is a... Very conspicuous Robin costume on display. In yeah, this, uh, that's what I thought. In this cave. So yeah. Um. Merry Christmas! I got you a crowbar. So Alfred makes his way back upstairs, saying, "I'll take the liberty of bringing down some cold medication with your dinner." That won't be necessary, Alfred. Just warm medication, thank you. And at this point, uh, the narrator chimes in again with, "Yep, work was all that mattered to Scrooge." His anger and loss had consumed him to the point where human contact was nearly impossible. I say loss because his life hadn't always been like this. He hadn't always been alone. Once he had been a different man, he'd shared his passion for his work with a partner. He and his partner, they made a good team. Oh, and, no! Yeah, we're, we're focusing on the Robin outfit in the corner, so... <laughs> No, not this. I was ready for dead parrot eggs. Nope, it's Robin. It's no! Jason. <laughs> so at this point, uh, we get a bit, little bit of a flashback to, um, you know, some... I'm immediately sad. God damn it. Why do they look so happy together? Especially since, if you notice... This bat suit that he's wearing here, it's very Adam West inspired. So, like, it's... It is! I know, it's so good. Robin has even got the dumb little elf fronds on his boots. I know. I mean, it's so good. And the narrator continues here on this page with, He was a younger man then. Life still seemed like it was full of hope. Hope for the future. Hope for change. Anything seemed possible. Things that would appear ridiculous to old Scroogey now were just roads yet to be taken, yet to be explored and conquered. And meanwhile, I'll say meanwhile, Dick Grayson is off to the side in his Nightwing outfit like, dude, you can just call me if you need to talk. <laughs> so Bruce does peer back at the Robin outfit and um, the, the, the narrator continues, but that was then and this was now. Now his partner was long gone. Dead and buried for years, just like Scrooge's youthful optimism. That younger man had been replaced by something harder and darker. Something unforgiving and unmerciful. Un ben Affleck. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we, we are in the era of Batflick. On this particular night, though, old Scroogey had a visitor. 
Now, some people say that this thing he saw was a spirit of some sort. Others think it was just a figment of his imagination. Maybe even a little bit of his conscience playing tricks on his mind. I ain't one to believe in all that superstitious mumbo-jumbo. I like to think that what he saw in the dark loneliness of that night was a vision. And this vision looked a hell of a lot like his dead partner. A ghost from his past with a message for the future. And Bruce looks at this and goes, God damn it, I already went through this on Halloween! <laughs> so, um... Why are we doing this again? So at this point, as Bruce is looking at the lit-up Robin costume, he sees Jason fill it again and look at him with, like, this expression on his face. And that's why I think it's such a good decision that they made Bruce sick as hell for this comic, because... Oh, he might be hallucinating. That's what I'm saying, exactly. So I think it was a brilliant decision on on their part here to do that. I really thought you were going to comment on the expression on Jason's face, and I was going to be like, that's just his face. No, no, no. Jason makes that expression all the time. No, no, no. I I do like this expression. It's kind of like an expression of concern and warning. And then Batman uh, closes his eyes, and when he opens them again, it's uh, it's back to normal here. It's like the door knocker from Christmas Carol. Exactly. And at this point, the uh, the narrator chimes in with, "He'd come to deliver a warning." That if Scrooge continued to live his life as an angry, vengeful, and spiteful man, there'd be a price. Every man's got to pay up one day. Stand up and be counted for what he's done in life. The bad things you do become heavy weights. Scrooge had to change before it was too late. Uh, ghost of Jason, I don't know if you know this about me, but my whole shtick is being angry, vengeful, and spiteful. I wear the red hood I forged in life. <laughs> Oh my god, you joke, but that would actually be awesome. I know! <laughs> That'd be so cool! Oh yeah, it's not what's happening, but it would be fun. That's my new headcanon now. <laughs> so, um, at this point, uh, the bat signal has gone off again, and, um, Batman has gone to the, uh, to the rooftop here, and, um, D- Jim Gordon is up there, uh, lighting up here. And, um, he... Not lighting up the way he should be. That guy needs to take the edge off. Oh, I know. So, um, he he says to Batman, I was gonna give you another two minutes before heading home. So cold I can't even light this thing. Any new leads from the toxicology reports on the latest victims? Can I just say, Jim Gordon is looking spiffy as hell here. I'm loving his, like, winter coat with his fedora and his red scarf. He's got a good mustache going on. Dude's looking good. Oh, yeah, good for Jim, right? He deserves to look good. The dude is the head of the police syndicate for the worst city in the world. So, um, as he's trying desperately to light this cigarette, we see that he has a file under his arm, and he goes, Anonymous tip that a certain cat burglar is supposedly knocking off Sprang's auction house tonight. Ah, well, at least I can get laid. (laughs) So, he goes, you know, Christmas Eve auction, big haul, and Batman goes, Can't your men handle this? I've got too much on my plate tonight without getting caught up in cat and mouse with her. (laughs) Or have you forgotten, there's a homicidal maniac still on the loose out there. Please tell me we are about to pivot into how the Catwoman stole Christmas. (laughs) We'll see here. And, uh, he goes, She claims to have some information that might be useful. And you know she only talks to you. Figure it's worth checking out. 
Fine, I'll pour on the charm. Well, he starts heading for the edge of the rooftop, and he goes, <laughs> Waste of time, she's only interested in playing games. <laughs> and uh, Gordon goes, You should really get that cough checked out. Sounds like it's deep. But hey, I'm no doctor. <laughs> Is it the Delta variant? <laughs> so, um... We get some more um, establishing shots of uh, of of the uh, Gotham City here, and uh, more more fun musing from the uh, from the narrator, where um, you know he's talking about how he Scrooge is disbelieving the vision, and he goes, "Yes, his mind had just gotten away from him for a bit. The holidays, nostalgia, humbug. It'd be a night like every other." He thought to himself, "Christmas Eve or not." You know, the death of a child who trusted you implicitly will kind of distract you from time to time. So, meanwhile, Batman has positioned himself outside of Sprang's auction house, which, by the way, named after old Batman artist Dick Sprang. Very nice, very nice. Anyway. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't know why. Just because it's a funny word. I just love that it's called Sprang's. Well, like I said, it's an old... In big red neon letters. It's an homage to an old Batman artist, so, you know... I'm sorry, I don't mean to laugh at your name, sir, but it is kind of a funny name. Yeah, I mean a bit, yeah, yeah. So, Sprangs. So Batman has positioned himself across from Sprangs, and he is looking through his uh, Batnoculars, I have to assume they're called, but... Uh... Hey, he's not in the Adam West costume anymore. He's Ben Affleck. Those are his murder eyes. <laughs> so, um, the narrator continues, Nonetheless, rest did not come easy that night for the mean old bugger. His mind drifted. Thoughts of the past, unfinished business. The clock struck one. And the vibrations of the tower set him plummeting to the pavement. And just like that, his first visitor of the night appeared at his bedside. And so at that point, we see Catwoman uh, making her way out of out of the auction house, carrying a, uh, a bag oh, over her shoulder. I see what we're doing here. This is like a much subtler approach to the Christmas Carol thing. It is, isn't it? So I'm guessing she's like the quote-unquote ghost of Christmas past that shows up when the clock strikes one, but it's done, like, obviously they're calling him Scrooge in the narration, Mm -hmm. but it's done in a way subtler aspect, and I like that. I like that flow. Yeah, no, it's it's really great. And as Batman is leaping down to uh, chase after Catwoman, uh, the narration chimes in again with, It was a beautiful girl. How the hell did she get past the alarm system, he thought. A hot chick can get away with anything. (laughs) (laughs) That's another good parallel because the ghost of Christmas past is always seen as a young girl. Yes, exactly. And Catwoman reaches the edge of the roof, turns back and goes, I can hear you breathing up there. Getting old or is it just the frosty night air? No, it's dead ass, baby. Selena, I'm not in the mood. (laughs) (laughs) To which uh, Catwoman responds, but baby, I'm here on this earth to put you in the mood. Come on, you're the only reason I get out of bed every day. I went shopping, don't you want to see what I got? Obligatory pussy pun. <laughs> and she holds out the bag going, I'll show you mine if you show me yours. There it is. And Batman uh, pulls her in and goes, I will not play games with you tonight. <laughs> here, have COVID. You told Gordon you had information regarding the Joker. Where is he? Now that's more like it. Uh, I believe the proper delivery of that line is, Where is he? Oh, I'm sorry. Where is the Joker? 
And he slipped into Christian Bale instead of Ben Affleck. <laughs> Where is he? At this point, I guess Catwoman, like, does some sort of twist in his grasp or whatever. Because now she's got her ass up nice. against him. Nice. Nice. Oh, honey, how else am I going to get you to come out and play? A girl these days has to bend the truth a bit to get what she wants. Especially when her man spends all his time thinking about someone else. Bruce, just bone her. So at this point, Bruce, Batman lets her go and he starts walking away going, Waste of time! <coughs> Should've known, Bruce, Gordon is a fool. She wants you to have sex with her and if you do that, she'll tell you what you want. I see no downside to this situation. Well, she just said that she lied about knowing things about the Joker. She just wanted to see Batman. Well, I mean, you can still get something out of this. So as he's leaving, Catwoman goes, Wait, where are you going? I mean, don't you need to, like, arrest me or something? <laughs> I know that's not what you want the handcuffs for. Your wily tricks won't work on me. <laughs> and Batman replies, If someone dies tonight, I'm holding you responsible. I'll make sure you go away for a long time. <laughs> oh, baby, you promise? So, at this point, Catwoman takes off the goggles and looks at Bruce with this, like, pained expression on her face and goes, Listen to yourself! What happened to you? Was a time nothing would have stopped you from catching me. Nothing! You would have pursued me to the end, no matter what was thrown at you. We used to play, remember? It used to be different. You used to be different. You are still a criminal, right? Like, we're not a thing right now. And, like, there's a flashback off to the side where we see, like, Adam West Batman um, coming through the ceiling to attack Catwoman, who has a tiger loose on Robin? And I'm over here like, oh, those are the good times? Let's be honest, this is a very Adam West-era thing for Catwoman to do. I mean, Tie really up is, Robin though. and threaten him with a tiger. It really is, though. But at the same time, it just... It feels like tonal whiplash a little bit. Like him a little bit. the good times and then having a fucking tiger about to fucking maul Robin. You know what I mean? And Robin looks horrified by this. Well, he's got a goddamn tiger in his face. What are you supposed to do? It's being held back. I mean, God, don't be such a wimp. It's just a tiger. Calm down there, Jason. Calm down, Jason. It's not like it's a crowbar. <laughs> so anyway, um, Batman replies... It was never for fun. You people think that this is some sort of sick people like me? And I mean, point... you are still a costume criminal, Selena. <laughs> so at this point, um, Selena wraps her whip around Batman's arm and goes, How dare you? You think I'm like those other clowns who run around trying to best you? Trying to make a fool out of you? Selena, for your own safety, please don't use the word clowns around me right now. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling very circus murdery. I'm nothing like those other ghouls. I'm so much more. <laughs> Can't argue with her on no, that one. absolutely. No, like, Catwoman has a point here. Like, the fact that he called her sick? Oh my gosh. <laughs> He's really in no business to call anyone sick either. Like, not only is he also a costumed vigilante, but he's about to start hacking up blood here in a minute. No, absolutely. And she punch, she like kicks him in the face as she's making this argument. And she, he goes, that's it. And Selena goes, wow, Bruce, maybe you are getting old. I didn't mean to. Selena, the only thing getting old is this game? Uh-oh. Bruce, Bruce, stop it. 
And Please don't does, go Ben Affleck. And he does start chasing her. And the narrator begins again with, There was something about this girl. Something familiar. She reminded him of the man he used to be. Sweeping him out into the night, she showed him people and places he'd pushed out of his mind long ago. With it came a rush of emotions he'd long since forgotten. It was like smelling cotton candy or something, and remembering what it was like to ride the Ferris wheel at the county fair when you were a kid, remembering your heart pounding before that first kiss. His early life seemed so full of vigor, full of accomplishment and triumph. He bit into life with a hunger, a need to be the best man he could be. These memories, these feelings, had he really been this person? And there's that subtle Christmas carol trip to the past. Absolutely, and I like how it's, you know, punctuated here by, like, him and Robin fighting off a bunch of the old villains. Like, you see Two-Face, you see the Penguin, you see Scarecrow, and the Joker's off to the side. It's just, it's nice. I like the tone that they strike with this. The Joker's off to the side grinning because he knows he's about to ruin everything. (laughs) Yeah, you know. And... He continues to uh, to chase Selena here, and Selena begins to slip off a uh, a rooftop here. Um, but it turns out that Batman, as he goes to uh, to catch her, the gargoyle that he grabs onto breaks off of the building and sends Batman tumbling down into the alleyway here. Ouch! Ow! <laughs> that looks like it hurts. And as this is happening, the narrator goes, "Young and naive, maybe." That's what the old geezer thought now. Life isn't really that colorful, not so full of infinite possibility, he told himself. For Scrooge, life was black and white. All business. And Catwoman yells down at him from the rooftop, You see? This is why we need a safe word! (laughs) And the narrator continues, There was success and failure. And there's the dead parents. There is, yes. So at this point, um, as Bruce has fallen into the alley, as he's getting himself up, there is, you know, some flashback points to that night in Crime Alley with, uh, with the robber and the dead parents. So, and I'm I like sorry, why the fuck did Thomas take a shortcut down Crime Alley? Stupid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, he kind of walked into that bullet, that's all I'm saying. Yeah, a little bit. But so, yeah, um, that's where, uh, where and, and what I like about this particular sequence is it's all in black and white, save for the red that is his parents' blood, his mother's purse, the bullet coming out of the gun. It's, it's so well done. It's very well I'm done. sure that's how Bruce pictures it in his mind every night. Oh, absolutely it is. Like, everything's black and white except for the red. And his way of thinking. And um, the uh, the narrator chimes in again. With that thought, the first visitor left the old geezer with his past to think good and hard about his present. See, now I'm genuinely intrigued as to who they're going to have for the other ghosts. Well, uh, you'll see here because on the next page comes our ghost of Christmas presents. Oh my god! (laughs) He's back! He is! He's back again! (laughs) He's back to ruin another Christmas! No, no, this time, um, so I assume that you all have realized at this point that we are, in fact, talking about Superman. Because... Oh, my God! <laughs> Hiya, Bruce. Heard there were some people that need some chimney dropping. Wow, I didn't know you were going to be that ruthless this year. Let's do it! <laughs> 
Uh, so, they just go skipping off down the street together, holding hands. So, um, as Batman is coming to his feet in the alley, uh, Superman does indeed fly in, and he goes, Need a hand? Looks like he could use one. He's glowing with golden light like the second coming of Jesus. It's amazing, isn't it? Like It's it's a little on the nose. It is, but you know, it's the thing about Superman like being a ray of light and hope in the in the gloom of this whole biz. So, and especially since he is meant to represent the ghost of Christmas present, who is, you know, a shining beacon of glory. And his fucking cape is billowing out away from him like angel wings. So the narrator chimes in here with, The second was big, larger than life, literally. Oh my god, I he, love this. He dressed colorfully too. Kind of ridiculous, Scrooge thought. It was the eyes that were the most troubling. Too deep oh. and kind for a man with such an impressive physical presence. Oh my god, that's like a direct quote! Doesn't it work? Doesn't it work it so, works so well? well? Yes, like the choice oh of Superman for Christmas present, absolutely brilliant. Absolutely amazing. Great, okay, I had my doubts, but now I'm a thousand percent convinced. So, um, uh, Bruce comes up to his feet and goes, I'm <laughs> fine. Up past your bedtime, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> and Clark uses his x-ray vision like, Bruce, I can see inside your body. You didn't get the Moderna booster, did you? Well, actually, you joke, but he actually is using his x-ray vision, and he goes, It's too cold to be out in your condition. Nasty cough you've got there. I heard you hacking all the way from Metropolis. Looks like pneumonia, or something more serious. You know, that would mean a lot from anyone else coming from you. You can hear a mosquito fart from the other side of the world. So, Batman responds, <laughs> I love the way you talk about that like you know what it means to have it. You Kryptonians get sick so often, right? Leave the medical advice to the professionals. Isn't there somewhere to someone to save somewhere in the world tonight? Hey, hey, I understand you're upset, but that's no need to get racist. And <laughs> Superman re replies to that with, Yeah, you. Come on, don't be a pain about this. Just let me give you a lift to your car. Oh my god, I love when Clark is written the way he's supposed to be written. I know, I know, this is so good. I've said it before and I'll say it again. Superman is meant to be the world's big brother. Mm-hmm. And here it really captures it, in the metaphor of him being the ghost of Christmas present. Touch my robe. So, um, the narrator chimes in here with, His hands were large and looked powerful like they could crush Scrooge's frail body like a walnut shell. But there was something familiar, an odd warmth both from outside and within the giant of a man. Oh. <laughs> and Batman like, looked... I keep harping on it, but the writing is so good. It is! It really is! And Batman looks at the hand and goes, One condition. I've got a stop to make first. I was gonna say, one condition. Let me murder the guy with the package. <laughs> so, in fact, Superman does fly him out to Bob's apartment. And, um, they're looking Thank there. you. Next snap sound effect. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh my god, Bruce! What the hell? <laughs> you know what? You're right. You're right. You're right. It is far too cold to be out right now. Let's go home. I'm gonna have to take you to prison now, Bruce! Jesus! Attempted next snap sound effect. 
Ah, oh, damn it. <laughs> so, um, uh, at this point, um, Clark goes, why are we here? And, um, Batman replies, I'm just checking on some bait. Wanted to see if <laughs> the fish are biting. Could you just refer to a man with a son as bait? I might well, still have to take you in. Well, Clark even goes, isn't it bad form for a hunter to use parents or children as bait? Justice comes at a price. This one is going to help me reel in the clown. He works for him. Oh, I forgot. You're Ben Affleck right now. <laughs> and sooner or later, his employer is going to come to collect. Just a matter of time. And I'll have him. And at this point, we go inside the apartment where we see that Timmy has drawn a picture of Batman with Merry Christmas Dad written on the top of it. And it's like, Timmy... Why are you inviting your dad's PTSD here? I was about to say, ah, kiddo, that's a lovely picture. I'd put it on the fridge, but dad is a little sort of traumatized right now. Let me tell you a little bit about what happened earlier tonight, Timbo. (laughs) You want to know why I snapped at you, kiddo? Take a seat on your dad's knee and let's talk about it. (laughs) Batman's a (laughs) C-word. So, um, Superman uh, from the outside goes... If the father is involved, he could go to prison, or worse, he could... Then we could only decrease the surplus criminal population. Okay, that one was a little on the nose. I know, I That's know. a little heavy-handed. <laughs> it is a little bit, but at the same You're time... You're pushing your luck there. I do sort of find it hilarious, though. <laughs> they know exactly what they did, and it's a subtle joke, and I, I appreciate It's a not-so-subtle joke, rather, but I still appreciate it. Absolutely. And Superman looks over at Batman at this point and goes, What are you going to do about the boy? I'm going to scare him. Scare him so badly he doesn't dare ever follow his father's footsteps. Bruce! Bruce, you fuck! No! Well, Superman even says... I don't think that's the way to go here, Bruce. <laughs> you don't fucking say! The kid is sick, Bruce! Um, so at this point, um, Br- Clark grabs Bruce under the shoulders and goes, Let me go! I have to murder! He goes, I think there might be a better way. Let's go. I need to show you something. Sometimes oh. I realize that spending so much time above the world makes me forget that there are millions of people out there living their lives... Decent lives. Until I look down and see... You look down on people. Not in the same way you do. Shut up and let me finish. So, as he is flying him over the city, uh, they are taking a look at all the people who are, you know... It's Ghost of Christmas Present style, like, showing people celebrating and living their lives and being, you know, decent and good people. Like, there's some an older couple who is being visited by their younger, uh, their younger son and daughter... Uh, there's a, uh, a mom reading a story to a child. There's a couple of homeless people out on the street just having a good time. And No matter how down on their luck they are, they can still get into the Christmas spirit. Exactly. And Superman continues, Look at your people. Take a second and look as hard as at your lambs as you do your lions. Sometimes I think that helping people, saving people, can be just as easy as showing them your face. The face of someone exactly like them. To which Batman responds, Showing them your face is easy when a bullet can bounce off it. Uh, Bruce, shut the fuck up. 
Can I you know. not be can you not be edgy McEdge Lord for two seconds? <laughs> no, he's so at this point, um they're flying by um the uh they're flying by Jim Gordon's place and Batman Aww. says to hold up. And they stop right outside of Jim Gordon's window. And Jim Jim and uh, his wife are uh, providing some uh, a cup of coffee for uh, another member of the GCPD who's just uh, stopped by here. Well, that's sweet of them. Yeah, absolutely. And um, where's he... Barbara? Uh, somewhere. I don't know. <laughs> She's... I'm just wondering: is she Sans wheelchair right now, or where are we? I do not know. She is not in this thing. Okay. Yeah, and this is supposed to be, I think, an alternate, like, universe take on Batman. So, this was the year, this was published in the year 2011. So, at this point, um, depending on whether it was pre or post New 52, um, she either was or was not in the wheelchair. So, okay. um, but, again, it doesn't really matter for our purposes here, but... I'll just presume she isn't, because this place looks like it has stairs, and that would be a dick move. (laughs) Damn it, Dad! Why did you move here? I'm sorry, the contractor canceled. I'm working on getting it fixed. So, uh, Jim mentions that it seems like a quiet night out there, and, um, the cop that he's speaking to goes, So far, so good. Although we did get some Batman sightings. I still don't know what to make of that guy. I mean, I know you trust him and all, but it's not an easy relationship to keep. But there isn't exactly a handbook on how to san- handle certain elements of our city. Well, I guess he's a necessary evil. I mean, on the one hand, he's taking down all the costume freaks. On the other hand, he's threatening to murder children. So, <laughs> you take what you can get. Oh, make no mistake. He's not evil. No, I'd say he walks a fine line. It's just that sometimes he steps on the side of that line where you or I might hesitate to tread. Play on the other side enough, and you tend to lose sight of the line. His vision can be blurry sometimes, but I like to think I'm the prescription he needs to see clearly. Batman outside the window like, who's this guy again? What the fuck, Bruce? I'm sorry, I talk to a lot of people. That's Jim fucking Gordon. Oh, all right, you know what? You know what? I'm not oh, taking you to your car. That's anymore. Jim Gordon. That- oh, come on. It's two blocks away. Nope, nope. You you just ruined it. Can you at least put me down from the roof? So, um, at this point, uh, Superman does indeed take Batman, uh, off the roof here, and, um, he says that he wants to go back to the car, because he needs to go back to the Batcave. But, uh, as they are flying over, and, um, the, the narrator chimes in with, Some still had faith, though. Along with the time-honored smile of folks who had the amazing ability to look on the bright side of things. Scrooge, I'm on the other noticing- hand- I'm just noticing that they are not flying that high up. You'd think someone would look up and go, Oh my god, is that Superman? Is it <laughs> flying with Batman? Wow, this is great! I always shipped it! I also love how, like, Super... I know Superman, you know, is Superman and can get places really quickly, but it does strike me as a bit kind of, you know, convoluted that he's in Gotham tonight instead of spending the evening with Lois, but whatever. I'm sure he can get back there at, like, the speed of light or something like this. Lois probably thinks he's just in the bathroom. (laughs) He heard Batman coughing and was just like, excuse me, Lois, I need to pee, and then just flew to (laughs) Gotham. He steps out, like, 45 minutes later, just... It, the eggnog was expired, wasn't it? Yep. <laughs> Sorry, baby. 
Didn't know it affected Kryptonians like that, did you? I mean, this is potent stuff. Lois! <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> you had to pair it with the shrimp! <laughs> it's on the walls! <laughs> the walls are gone! It's a Kryptonian shit! <laughs> oh... Anyway, uh, the, the narrator... Listen to our, listen to our Batman Ghosts episode, everybody! (laughs) So anyway, the narrator continues, Scrooge, on the other hand, wondered how they always seemed to fill a glass that was constantly empty. How'd they manage to keep the faith? The universal hope for change, and change for the better. It'd been a long time since Scrooge had felt that kind of hope. He pretty much resigned himself to the fact that life is a never-ending battle. The darkness of the world had forced him into the shadows... And the only way to combat the monsters was to become one himself. Oh, Bruce. And at this The point, world is not all two faces and jokers, my friend. So at this point, Superman is setting Batman down next to the Batmobile, which is parked in a uh, in an alley here. And you know, where no one's going to carjack it. That's what I'm thinking, right? You know, it's just some random ass alley. He met Jason when Jason was trying to steal the Batmobile's tires. He's You'd think Bruce nothing. would be a little more careful after that. He was just thinking about Jason like an hour ago. He's learned nothing. Clearly. So, um, at this point, as, uh, as Superman is, uh, is setting him down, he starts coughing again, and Superman goes... Yep, you definitely need to see a doctor. Too bad they don't make body armor for your insides. (laughs) I mean, they do for me by, you know, me being me, but that's beside the point. Yep. And the narrator chimes in here with, But the second spirit didn't feel the same. He seemed to be a source of infinite hope, and he radiated that hope with every movement and word. This attitude was so foreign to Scrooge, it made him suspicious. See, it's like this. Sometimes when you work in the dirt, it gets tough after a while to clean yourself off. You get used to the filth. You even start to get comfortable in it. Then you wake up one day and you wonder why everyone else thinks you're dirty. You know, I'm just kind of realizing now that it makes a lot of sense for Clark to be as hopeful as he is. Because with his expanded senses, he can be aware of essentially every human being on the planet at one time. Yeah. So... I'm sure that he has the awareness that the good does vastly outweigh the bad in the world. Mm -hmm. People like Bruce, as observant as he is, doesn't have that. But Clark can literally listen to every conversation happening on the planet Earth, and he realizes that it's mostly all good. It's just the the bad voices can be the loudest sometimes. It doesn't mean they're the majority. I definitely do think that that's probably, you know, a part of it. It's also, you know, that there's a lot of factors that go into why Superman is as hopeful as he is, including, you know, his upbringing and just the way that he has learned how to view the world. But I think that's a very fascinating way to look at it that you've just postulated here, because um, it's... He just has a perspective that not everybody else would have. Absolutely, yes. And that that totally makes sense here with the, the narration that we've just had as well. Where, you know, Batman has been down in the, uh, in the dirt and everything, the, the so-called filth of humanity, if you will, for, uh, for so long that he's forgotten that there are good parts, and that's what Superman is here for. Oh, once again, I will say, I love when Superman is written correctly, and here he is written very correctly. 
So, um, as Batman is walking back to the Batmobile, Superman goes, Just lots of rest and fluid. In fact, I'd consider calling Alfred to pick you up. You really shouldn't be driving. And Batman replies, Car's got autopilot. Oh, that works. Good night, Bruce. Feel better. It is my headcanon that after this is all said and done, Clark flew to Wayne Manor the next day and dropped off a recipe from Ma Kent's chicken soup. Oh, I hope so. That's never addressed in the comic, but now, now I think that happens. Figured he could use a little pick-me-up. This always did it for me, even though I was never sick. Well, exactly. He just likes Ma's chicken soup. Exactly. He knows it's a cure-all. I mean, honestly, now he's going to fly home to Lois and then probably fly into Kansas the next day to be with Ma and Pa, so, like, oh my exactly. gosh. Exactly! A nice, wholesome family Christmas with the Kents. Precisely. So, at this point... Um, oh, fuck! Okay, back to reality. Yeah, we are back to reality. As Superman flies away, uh, Batman hits the little uh, remote on the Batmobile, and the Batmobile blows up! Great! <laughs> So much for hope and positivity, everybody. The world sucks. There it goes. There goes the Batmobile. So as he is uh, as he is thrown back, the narrator chimes in with, Things weren't dark. It went dark and quiet, and Scrooge wasn't sure if he was awake or sleeping. If he was still dreaming, maybe the old geezer would wake up to a bright new day. Then he remembered the night wasn't over quite yet. There would be three visitors. Three. Uh-huh, and I see a person in a billowing coat walking up through the darkness. Indeed. Who is the ghost of Christmas yet to come? So, at this point, uh, there is a zoom-in on the, uh, on the shoes as everything goes, goes black. And he wakes up to being dragged by oh, someone in a long coat. Oh, no. And, the and it looks like that person is very pale. Indeed. And the narrator goes, You ever have that dream where you're falling and it really feels like you're falling? And when you wake yourself up, you can still feel the gravity pulling you down? Ever wonder what happens if you can't wake yourself up? Is that the dream telling your mind you're dying for real? See, I got a theory about this third visitor. The old man painted the guy out to be the scariest thing you ever laid eyes on. Black cloak, face always covered in shadow, blah blah blah. Now, Pop loved to take a bit of creative license with things. He had what Ma liked to call a subjective relationship with the truth. He also loved to talk. Hell, he talked so much that all the other characters in his stories blabbered as much as he did. Question. Never... Question. Yeah. Do we ever find out who this narrator is? I'm really... Yes. Cu- I'm really curious. Yes, we do. Uh, we do. You, you will find out. Okay, okay, continue. I'm just like, why, like... Who are you? Like, why do you know this? Anyway, what never sat right with me about this last part of the story was the fact that the last visitor never once spoke a word to Scrooge. And we see that Batman is being dragged into uh, Gotham Cemetery by a pale man with green hair who is laughing to himself as he drags uh, him. Oh, yep, yeah. Guess who's back for another Batman Christmas Carol? <laughs> I was present the last time. And the narrator continues, Call me cautious, but if it was me and some evil-looking cat shows up out of nowhere, points his finger at a creepy cemetery, and I follow him inside, I'd have to have been off my meds. 
It's like those stupid kids in the horror movies who always open up the closed door to look inside. Like, they're not expecting some chainsaw-wielding maniac to try and chop them in two. I like this narrator a lot. They know what's what. No, thanks. It's gonna take one charming spirit of death with a silver tongue to convince me to follow him to the grave. Not some freaky, faceless mute. And also, um, as, as this is go- this is a two-page spread that this is over, and, um... The Joker is dragging Batman into the cemetery, and I'd just like to point out that apparently April 17th died in this cemetery. Like, the date, April 17th. One of the two oh my God. just says April 17th. There's no name or anything. You're right, there's not even, like, scribbles on it that, like, implies a name. Nope. April 17th was killed and buried in Gotham Cemetery. That's impossible. Let me check my calendar really quick. Okay, I'm in April 2024, 15, 16, 18, oh my god! <laughs> it just jumps right to the 18th! It's just the 18th! What is this witchcraft? <laughs> Who jo- are you, narrator? What did you do to April 17th? <laughs> oh. So, anyway, um, we see the Joker is dragging Batman to an open grave. And um, as he is doing so, the narrator continues... That's when I realized there was no third visitor. Some people start hallucinating when they're about to die. In my book, if you're chasing beautiful women across rooftops and flying around with big colorful men that glow, something's rotten in Denmark. Let's face it, Scrooge wasn't exactly a spring chicken. Aside from the years, we're talking about a guy with some serious anger management and stress issues. Even the heartless can have a heart attack, right? Something, not someone, came knocking that night. Old Scroogey was falling in his dream. <laughs> I love the Joker kind of looking out at the reader like, I know the writing has been subtle up to this point, but I've never been a subtle one. <laughs> no. Open grave, buddy boy! So yeah, he kicks Batman into the open grave, and it's an entirely black page with just oh. Batman falling. And the narrator says, and he wasn't waking up. I love this page. It's very well done. I love when minimalist art is done right, and this is really well done. I love the pure black void, except for Batman, kind of just in the bottom portion of the page, and just that narration, and he wasn't waking up, and that's it. It's pure blackness other than that. Oh, yeah. That's really good. Super well done. Absolutely. Like, this is a stunning achievement, Mr. Bermejo. Wonderfully done. Kudos. Hats off to you. Absolutely. So, as Batman is um, is lying here, um, he begins to experience basically what I'm going to th- assume is a fever dream of the Gotham without him, where um, we see these... Uh, these there's criminals looting and stealing things, and in the streets, there's vigilante justice going on here. And Oh, fuck. This guy laying on the ground is like, Jesus, no, I was only... You're gonna kill me, man! Then I'll just be decreasing the surplus criminal population. Damn! Oh, shit. <laughs> and oh, he goes... Oh, God, I'm a monster. And he goes, No, please! I got a kid! To which the uh, the vigilante here goes, Scum, you people never cease to amaze me. Justice comes at a price. 
and Damn. you see this blood spatter as he like bashes his head in with a baseball bat. And some of these vigilantes are wearing the freaking Batman cowl. So like, you know, Batman wakes up and goes, "Oh, thank God I'm nothing like that guy." Yeah. This is why I punch kids to prevent this. So the vision continues with those wearing the colors of the Joker fighting it all out in the street with these uh, vigilantes, some of whom also have, like, the bat symbol tattooed on their backs and everything. So It's like a fucked-up gang war. It really is, exactly. And he, uh... The, the, nar- the narrator uh, continues, Scrooge had lived his life as a man who could turn on you at any moment, leave you stranded or hurt. He'd been the type of man that people only feared. Feared that he'd break down on him again. And the vision continues here with um, a trial. Jim Gordon is on trial. And the jury says, We the jury find the defendant guilty of aiding and abetting a known criminal. Obstruction of justice. Harboring a known fugitive. Malfeasance in office. And accessory. Damn. this This is the risk that Jim takes. It is. It absolutely is. And on the side, we also see the estate sale of Wayne Manor. Um, No, all my stuff! And in the back row, Alfred just looking sadly on all these events. Oh. (laughs) And in the middle of it all... Please, Alfred, save my stuff! And in the middle of it all is Batman, again, still hovering in that black void. Oof. God. <laughs> yeah, I guess a bomb expl- I guess a fucking car explosion will knock you into some future visions, especially when you have pneumonia. And you've been tipped into an open grave. Yay, more head trauma. So, at this point, um Batman is like screaming in the black void in his dream, and the narrator goes, "They say you're born alone and you die alone." Even if that's true, would you want it to be? And we see now that Batman has indeed been buried in the cemetery, and the Joker has scrawled on a tombstone, Here lies a bat. He died boring, predictable, and nobody loved him. Damn! <laughs> <laughs> Fucking savage, Mr. J! <laughs> Do you expect any less where this man is concerned? Batman busts out of that grave and then takes 1d4 psychic damage from that vicious mockery. <laughs> So, in fact, Batman does dig himself out of this grave fairly quickly, and, um, the- Not the first time I've been buried alive. And the narrator continues, If you had the chance to change, to get it right, would you fight for it? Sometimes it takes dying to teach a fella how to live. I still have pneumonia. (laughs) Being buried in the cold dirt did not help that. So, at this point, um, we cut back to, uh, to Bob's apartment, where the narrator goes, In Scrooge's case, it took a real doozy of a night to make him realize this. You can call it a near-death experience, I call it a wake-up call. His clock was ticking, and if he was gonna get the message, he would need to listen up quick. And, at this time- Oh god! I just realized! The Joker didn't say anything to Batman just like the Ghost of Christmas Yet to Come! Yeah! I just, like, of all the times for the Joker to shut up, this is the moment! Exactly! 
Right? Okay, okay, that's... Oh my god, I keep getting sideswiped by these parallels. It's flippin' brilliant, isn't it? It is! I will admit, it is! Absolutely. So, anyway, um, Timmy is up, like, reading a book, and then there's a, there's a knock at the door. And he goes to the door going, Santa? That you? <laughs> if it were Santa, he wouldn't have to knock, buddy. And he opens the door... And on the other side... Oh, my God! The oh! Oh! Oh, my God! I was That was a fucking jump scare! I was so ready for Batman! I was ready for the good, wholesome, Hey, Timmy, I learned my lesson moment with Batman! I was not ready for the fucking grinning face of the Joker! And, in fact, he is standing Ooh. at the door and he goes, Ho, ho, ho! I... That legitimately scared me. <laughs> <laughs> Holy fuck! That was scarier than anything that the Batman Halloween issue did. Great page turn, huh? Whoo! Seriously! <laughs> Absolutely. Okay, okay, I'm, I'm good. Alright, so basically the Joker slams the door open and he goes, I know, I know, you were expecting the big guy in red. If it's all the same though, I have a bag of presents too. What do you say, big guy? Want to know what I got here for you and your old man? Oh, fuck. And, uh, every but... character, every one of these characters is written so perfectly. And this is exactly how these characters should all be all the time. And at this point, uh, Bob has gotten himself up and he's hiding around the corner, holding what looks to be a baseball bat. Get him. That's your son. Go save your son. And the Joker continues... Let's see. Ooh, this is a good one. Ever play Clue? I love that game. <laughs> Colonel Mustard, what a name. So what do you say we play a little? And uh... and Timmy yells out for, for his dad while onto the table, Joker is dumping out a bunch of, like, weapons. And he goes, yeah, get your old man out here. He should play too. <laughs> he knows all about mysteries. I want him to solve the mystery of my missing moolah. Oh, shit. He is dumping out, like, all of the murder tools from Clue, too. He is. Like, he planned this whole thing so well. This is exactly in character for the Joker. And Bob is basically bursting into tears as he is around this corner. And the Joker continues, <laughs> Come on out, Bobby. This game sucks with just two people. What do you want, kiddo? Maybe I'll give the little guy here the lead pipe. He can be Miss Scarlet. Damn, that'll get him. Go fuck him up, Bob. So Bob does come around the corner yelling at the Joker not to touch his son. And the Joker goes, come on, Bobby boy. You know there's no baseball in Clue. Oh my God, he's such a fucking showman. This is why I love the Joker. So, Bob takes a swing at the Joker. The Joker ducks down to avoid the baseball bat and smacks Bob in the Ooh. face with a wrench. Oh, that's a wrench to the jaw. He knocked a tooth out, I guarantee it. And he goes, play fair. And then he pulls the revolver off the table, starts pointing it at Bob, and he goes, how are we ever going to solve the mystery of my missing money if you're missing half your face? Jesus Christ, man. <laughs> I'm so enraptured. I Like, I know Batman's going to swoop in any second to solve this, but Jesus Christ. And 
as Timmy is trying to pull off the Joker, um, pleading to him to stop, the Joker points the revolver directly at Bob's head and goes, Question, who killed Bob? And Bob goes, please, I panicked that the, the b -b Batman was there, I... And the Joker goes, I win! I killed Bob in the kitchen with the revolver! <laughs> oh, fuck. Bats, that would be a real good time. And in the, uh, in the, uh panel underneath this we do see the silhouette of a cape coming towards the window are you faster than a bullet batsy and he does manage to get in to distract the joker and knock him off his feet and get the gun out of his hand ah my bait plan worked i have learned nothing <laughs> You were- th this worked exactly as intended. <laughs> Good luck surviving, kid. I'm not paying for that window. Oh, also, booga 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 booga, are you scared now? <laughs> Merry Christmas, fucker. And he turns to Bob, you're going to jail. And walks out. <laughs> <laughs> Still a good superhero. <laughs> You're going to jail. <laughs> Clark on the other rooftop just, well, he learned nothing. <laughs> I was going to say, Clark is sitting on the on the edge of the roof, just pinching the bridge of his nose. <laughs> oh. So anyway, um, the gun has now been knocked out of the Joker's hands, and um, he starts to crawl towards it, but then someone else picks up the gun... And it is, in fact, Bob, who is... Oh. Uh, oh, no. Who is pointing it at the Joker, and he goes, You want to threaten me? You want to threaten my son? Now who's the clown, huh? Who wants to play games? And the Joker goes, Ooh, Bobby boy, that's the way to do it. Bob, just shoot him. <laughs> like, just, just, just end this. <laughs> just fucking kill him, please. So, um, he clicks the revolver, and, um, Bob goes, Why don't I show you how to play? Come on, show me! Oh, no. Uh, wait, so he, he cocked the hammer back, right? Yes. And when he said he clicks the revolver, I was like, Oh, that fucker didn't have any bullets no, in I'm it! No, sorry, no, he does, he does cock the hammer back. And that would be some bullshit that the Joker would pull, though, like the gun was never loaded, and he just laughs at everybody. Yeah. So he he proceeds to continue to point the gun and he goes, I will. I, I, yeah, let her rip. And Batman at this point leans in and he goes, no, you are not a criminal. Show your son the kind of man you are. I thought you just said I was going to jail. No, no, no. That was just for the sake of comedy. <laughs> Batman, are you trying to be funny? Shut up. Kicks him in the face. <laughs> I wasn't. I wasn't talking to you. <laughs> so uh, Bob, at this point, continues to uh, to point the gun, and Batman says to him, "Show him what a hero is." Aww, that's a good line. I'll admit. Mm-hmm. And Bob, as Timmy is watching, he moves the gun down, uncocks the hammer, and the Joker goes. Boring! Neither of you know how to have a good time! <laughs> Having a good time is subjective, Joker. Next snap sound effect! 
Jesus Christ! You told me not to kill him! I'm sorry, I was I was trying to give him a chiropractic adjustment! I thought I really hurt his back when I kicked him! I'm fine, I'm just paralyzed from the neck down! And then Bob points at Batman and goes, You're going to jail! <laughs> You're going to jail! <laughs> Something about the way you said that. <laughs> <laughs> really got you, didn't it? That was a good, I don't know, that line delivery was really funny to me. <laughs> so, um, the, uh, the police sirens are also coming up here. And, um, the Joker is, uh, taken into the police car by, uh, by the GCPD. And Jim Gordon looks up and smiles to see Batman up on the roof. I'm still a bet and a criminal. <laughs> so, the narrator chimes in here with, Well, you know how the rest of it goes. And they take Joker, presumably, back to Arkham. He's in a fucking straitjacket. And Bruce has fallen asleep at the Bat computer um, after having come home for the night. And... <laughs> Why does it look like they locked the Joker up in Arkham's bathroom? What is that hard tile on the walls? Uh, Ar Arkham just is not good at the remodeling. I guess, but it's supposed to be a padded room, isn't it? You'd think so, because they're not supposed to hurt themselves... But, you know, I guess the Joker hasn't started pounding his head against the wall any... I don't know. You'd think of all the people at Arkham, it would be him. He'd find it hilarious. Absolutely. I mean, this really should be a padded room. Oh, my... I'm about to give Arkham a new paint job. The paint is me! So, so anyway, uh, Bruce has, uh, has fallen asleep at the bat computer, and Alfred smiles as he sets down a tray there for him, and the narrator chimes in with, Old Scroogey was lucky to wake up the next morning, and he knew. He felt like he'd just gotten out of the joint after a long stint, like a free man. There were people to see and things to do, promises to be made and kept. And as he wakes up the next morning, he looks at the trade. Is that Ma Kent's chicken soup? <laughs> Even I know about that. Oh man, he kept his promise. Aw, <laughs> oh, Merry Christmas, Bruce. So anyway, um, the, the narrator continues, And just like an old con, he wanted to do it all on the first day. The first person on the list was Bob. And as Bob is, like, cleaning up from the night's festivities, there is an... Not festivities, it was fucked up. The night's fucked I up. I was gonna say, he didn't fucking have fun! Nobody, he wasn't at a great party. His son got threatened, man. Nobody had, nobody had fun, except for maybe the He Joker. took a wrench to the jaw. He did. And he's remarkably he, okay. He got forced for, to play Clue in real life. He's remarkably okay for that uh, thing to the jaw, right? It's Gotham City. It's not the first time he's been socked in the jaw. So anyway, um, as, uh, as they are cleaning up from the uh, previous evening's events... That's the word that we'll go with. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Events is so much more appropriate. Yes. Uh, there is a knock at the door, and they open up to it uh, to find two individuals carrying a real Christmas tree and uh, putting it in their house, while at the same time, uh, Bob is handed a uh, an envelope with the emblem of Wayne Enterprises on it. Aw, time to be a good capitalist, Bruce. And Use that money for good. And the narrator uh, continues, They figured it was only right. After all, he'd always treated the poor guy like dirt. 
Today, though, he figured it was high time to pay him back. A raise, benefits, PTO, 401k, the works. I always treated the guy like dirt. You've known him for, like, an hour. <laughs> you beat him up in an alley, then saved his life. It's not like you do this to him every Tuesday. And he treated him like dirt for that hour that he knew him. I guess so. Here's a brand new life. I mean, I'm not complaining. I'm just saying, Bruce, you didn't know this guy forever. So, uh, at this point, we cut to the, uh, the GCPD, where, you know, it, it looks to be, like, a festive mood around there, as Jim Gordon is giving one of his officers a clap on the back as he's on his way out. Uh, the guys are hugging and laughing and just having a good time. Oh, it's Christmas nice. party at the GCPD. Yep. And the narrator goes, Scrooge made the rounds that day. Old friends, business associates, pretty much anyone whose life he had previously made miserable. He wanted to show them, be the guy who could set things straight, the guy they could depend on. Most of them were shocked at this new Scrooge they were seeing. Like I told you in the beginning, change ain't exactly easy to believe in. But I guess it's easier to swallow than three ghosts. <laughs> it's a shame none of them knows it was fucking Batman. <laughs> the so guy that regularly beats people up. So, um, we then cut out to the street where we see Timmy running through the, uh, streets. He's got a cape tied to him, and he's, like, pretending like he's Superman, which is the Aww. cutest fucking thing that I've ever seen. That is pretty adorable, especially with, like, the ray of sunlight coming down over, over across him. Absolutely. It's so nice. And over this nice scene, uh, the narrator goes, The old man said he liked the story so much because it had a happy ending. He said, in real life, happy endings are like unicorns. I asked him if he believed it was true, or if he thought it was just some yarn someone made up to get their kids to fall asleep. He told me it didn't really matter if it was true. It was what the story meant that was so important. Is Timmy the narrator and the old man he's talking about, Bob? Well, as we see inside of their apartment here... Um, Bob has actually been the narrator this whole time. Oh, I'll take him, that too. We see him hugging Timmy close to him, wearing a Wayne Enterprises uniform, as he says, I don't know, kiddo. What do you think? What's the moral of the story? Oh, that's how it ends? That would be the end. Yeah, that's that's Batman Noel. The rest of it is like, um, you know, uh, uh, things from uh, Lee Bermejo about how he puts certain pages together, some, you know, pencils and everything like that. But yeah, that's basically uh, the end of the story is uh, is Bob holding Timmy close to him as he, like, finishes this story. And we see that uh, there is a Christmas turkey in their apartment and a real Christmas tree now. So, oh, a turkey as big as Tiny Tim. Exactly. So that was uh that was Batman Noel. What'd you think? I did really like it. I had my I had my doubts when we first started because Batman was being a dick mule, but <laughs> I I ended up really really enjoying it. Very good. Very good. Yeah. I I like um as we were talking about kind of throughout the uh the the more subtle take on the uh, on the Christmas carrot. That, yeah, that's kind of why I wanted to feature this one because um, you know it's a great contrast to that fucking Batman Halloween Carol. I was literally about to say it. This isn't Batman Ghosts. It doesn't <laughs> ramrod it down your throat. It does not. It's it's much more subtle about it, and it uses the narrative structure of a Christmas Carol without like aping it directly. 
which I exactly think, which I thought was very well done. I, I I really did admire what it is that they've uh, they've done they've done with this story. And Lee Bermejo's writing and art is just stunning throughout. Like this thing is agreed. Is, this thing is a masterpiece. I truly truly believe that. I I have loved this book. So I I first read this book. I got it out of the library uh like shortly after it came out. And I loved it. I fell in love with it after that. And I just, uh, the fact that I don't own a physical copy, like, blows my mind, actually. We're looking at this through DC Universe Infinite, of course, for the for the show here. But, uh, yeah, yeah. It's fantastic, and I, I highly recommend it. Like, here's the thing, listeners. Um, you're, you're only getting a very small portion of what makes this story so beautiful from us, you know, doing the reading of it. You've got to see Lee Bermejo's art to get the full effect. That's one of the things I always say about this show. You know, I know we get people telling us a lot, you know, well, you need to move to a visual format, you know, so people can actually see the panels and not just these small featured ones. But one of the reasons I know I wanted to do this, and I think you wanted to do this with a, in an audio format too, is to encourage people to go out and check out these books themselves. Oh, absolutely. Like, we talk about the story, we make fun of it, we critique it, we go through the story itself, but if you want to see just how amazing and crazy these stories can be, go out and check out the comic book. You know, go out and give it a read, give it a, give it a page turn. Absolutely. And this is definitely on that list, because like Andrew was just saying, the visuals are beautiful. The sweeping shots of Gotham are really beautiful. The colors combined with the shadow work is really beautiful. Definitely see if you can pick this book up, especially around the holidays. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So let's pivot here and let let's uh, let me ask you, what was your wackiest character and what was your wackiest situation for this one? You know, wackiest character is kind of hard for me this time around because a lot of the characters were really well done. No, and, like, I, I can kind of get where they're coming from. I think the only one that kind of eked out a little further was was Batman. <laughs> only, but only earlier in the comic. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, yeah. earlier Scrooge Batman where I'm like, Jesus fucking Christ, dude, calm the fuck down. He had the most moments for me where I was like, dude, quit being such an edgelord. No, absolutely. I, I agree. And I know that that's kind of the point because we're kind of yeah. trying to draw the Scrooge analog here. But I definitely get where you're coming from. Like I said, he was going full Batfleck there for a bit, especially at the beginning where it's like, dude, I, like, I have a kid. I was just trying to help him. I will beat your face through your skull, essentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I put it, I'm going to use this man and his innocent son as bait for the the most ruthless killer in Gotham. I mean, what's interesting about this is, um, based on, again, like I said, this is an alternate take on an alternate timeline for Batman, but, uh, I believe I've mentioned in the past that after Jason Todd died, Batman did go a bit harder into edgelord territory. Yeah, I mean, for good reason. Mm-hmm. For good fucking reason. We touched on that when, he, when, uh, this is the vision of Jason was kind of his Marley. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. And so, like, I, I know that that I feel like is what they were trying to accomplish here was that specific feel of Batman. 
I mean, hell, the reason that, that Tim Drake I became... I get that. The, the reason that Tim Drake became Robin in the first place was because he felt that Batman needed a Robin to, you know, balance him out. So, yeah, fucking showing up at the at Wayne Manor going, dude, you need a fucking chill pill. Can I apply for the job? Exactly. Absolutely. And what about Wackiest Situation? I think Wackiest Situation for me is the tonal whiplash of... This moment with Superman, like, flying away, just like, remember, <laughs> remember, Clark, remember, Clark, remember, Bruce, there's hope in the world, and there is positivity and light if you just have to look for it, and Batman turns and his car explodes. Yeah. That, uh, I think, was the moment of, like, you know what, maybe Clark is right. Oh, shit! Clark was wrong! The world is terrible! No, I, I, I will I will give you that one. I absolutely will. Um, wackiest character for me, and this is a little bit, again, out of left field here, but uh, I, I have to give it to the Joker for um, the... Yeah, the, for being the Joker. With the clue metaphor. And, like, I, I'm just picturing the Joker, like, you know, planning this out beforehand, knowing that he's lost his money, getting together all of these weapons analogous to the, uh, the clue um, things that are going on there, and just walking up to Bob's apartment thinking, oh boy, I hope he's home. This is, that is so in character for the Joker though. I know. You know, he was inside his little toy, his little like toy shop hideout. And he's like, ooh, I'm going to get that guy when I find him. And on his way out, he saw Clue like on one of the toy shop shelves and went, oh, I have a brilliant idea. Oh, absolutely. So yeah, the, the Joker is my wackiest character for that reason. Uh, I'm sure he robbed a hardware store and just took a single wrench. <laughs> uh, wackiest situation. It was during the Catwoman flashback period where um, <laughs> the, the, the panel where, you know, she's talking about how, oh, things used to be fun. And the, 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 the clashing visuals of Batman coming through the ceiling to, like, jump at a terrified Robin who's be about to be mauled by a tiger. So I, um, just... I'll admit, I'll be totally honest, that was my runner-up. <laughs> <laughs> it's the tonal we're... visual whiplash of that for me, you know? But, I mean, the whole time, Bruce also like, you know we're not really a thing, right? Boy, I, I really do hope that once he, you know, had his, like, Scrooge change of heart, or whatever you want to call it, that he called up Selina the next day and was kind of like, hey, listen, um... I have pneumonia right now, so, uh... I'm a little on edge. <laughs> that one was a real cough from doing the Batman I was voice. gonna say, oh god, are you turning into Scrooge? Are no. you Bat-Scrooge right now? I'm fine, I'm just not gonna do that anymore. Um, <laughs> I've been doing that Batman voice a lot and coughing in the Batman voice. So, like, you know, it's, it's been tough. Don't worry, Selina, I promise that once I am better, I will hit that. Um, and DC editorial looked over and said, Batman doesn't do that. <laughs> no, like punching. Oh. Yeah, okay, you can do that. And DC editorial and leaves. Maybe a little of the first one, but mostly punching. Ah, uh, Batman doesn't do that. <laughs> Screw I, you, Batman makes his own rules. Have I, have I told you about that? Have I told you about that? What, that Batman isn't allowed to fuck? Well, not only that, so, um, brief tangent, and then we'll go into the ending of the show, but, um, the, the Harley Quinn animated series, 
would submit their, you know, scripts to DC and um, you know This is the one with Kaylee Cuoco, yeah? Yes, exactly. So okay. they'd submit their scripts to DC, and uh, they were asked in an interview once if there were any jokes that DC... Because you know how their takes on some characters are just, you know, way out of left field. So It's um, true! Yeah. So they were asked in an interview once if uh, if there were any jokes that they, uh, that they you know, just got off the, off the, you know, on the cutting room floor. And the answer that they gave was that the, I think it was in either season two or three... They had a joke about Batman eating out Catwoman, and um, they oh, cause pussy. Okay, okay. And they got and they got back a uh, they got back a note that apparently said, "Superheroes don't do that." And it's like, oh, you fucking losers! <laughs> Superheroes don't like, do that. Come on, guys. You, you, you ever pleasured your wives or girlfriends? Because I'm not convinced. You cannot look me in the face and convince me that Ollie Queen doesn't go tonsil depth into Black Canary. That's what I'm saying here, right? You cannot tell me that doesn't happen. But so anyway, yeah. So for for a while after that, there was like jokes and art of like Batman, um. Batman and Catwoman just like, you know. Superheroes don't do that. Superheroes don't do that. Come on, baby. You know you want to. Superheroes don't do that. <laughs> That's your excuse for everything. <laughs> I'm trying to have fun. What happened to us, Bruce? This used to be so plate. Remember the tiger? Can you, can you at least put it in my butt? <laughs> That's on, a canon but- interaction. Hang on, let me check with DC Editorial. <laughs> Apparently that's <Yeah>. fine. <laughs> oh, thank God. Can you- they can't take everything away from Batman. <laughs> uh, so anyway, uh, we're, we're, ending, we're ending with a great joke about Cunnilingus. So um, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> like every great comedy show does. <laughs> uh, thank you, everyone. And uh, thank you for uh, experiencing our, uh, our wonderful Christmas episode here. Uh, I hope that you enjoy some wonderful cunnilingus this Christmas season. <laughs> You're gonna get us fucking demonetized, dude. Come on. No, it's okay. I'm 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 probably gonna cut that bit. Um, but <laughs> anyway. But everybody, thank you very very much for joining us for this holiday themed episode. Uh, if you've liked what you've heard, definitely leave a like and a comment on your podcatcher of choice. That really does help the show and helps the al- algorithm helps us to grow a little bit more. Uh, without the use of cunnilingus. Um, if you'd like to get in touch with us, uh, if you'd like to get in touch with us, you can reach us at our email, which is thisisgettinggraphic at gmail.com. Or if social media is more your thing, you can also find us over on TikTok at thisisgettinggraphic, where you can see a collection of some of our best of jokes to get you interested in the show. Uh, I think the cunnilingus joke is going to be in there at some point. <laughs> um, so... So anyway, uh, we, we can also be found on Facebook at This Is Getting Graphic and on Twitter at This Graphic Pod. Um, we would also like to uh, credit Alex E. Hanbury with our uh, logo and the art for the show. Um, she is an ardent supporter of the show. She is my fiance. Wonderful, wonderful person, wonderful artist, wonderful human being. If you are uh, interested in uh, taking a look at her work, uh, you can find her on Twitter slash X at Alex E. Hanbury. 
Hanbury. And we would be remiss if we didn't also give a shout out to the amazing Mozart Mouse, who did the opening theme for this show, the Super Guy theme. If you like the musical aspect of the show, you can find Mozart Mouse, as well as some other great artists over on the website Pond5, which is an excellent source for royalty-free music. It's a great place to go if you need music for a creative project of your own. Indeed. And with that, we will back, be back at you next time with... <laughs> Phil, stop doing that with your tongue, please. <laughs> <laughs> what? I'm just wishing everyone a happy holiday. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, we'll be back at you next time with a uh, with another excellent uh, Christmas comic. And uh, until next time, uh, be safe, have a wonderful holiday season, and as always, stay super. Superheroes do that. <laughs>